this is gonna happen then, I guess. So we're just gonna record on the iPhone and the uh, quality probably isn't gonna be fantastic, but it's gonna be what it is, because we're in a car. Do you wanna introduce everyone or you want me to or? You go for it. All right, let me know when you're ready. I'm more than ready. Is it recording? Yep. All right, hi, I'm Josh Walton, and this is my podcast, Playing With Fire. I'm here with my wife, Darla, my brothers, Travis and Jordan, and Jordan's fiance, Jeremy. And we are on our way to Plymouth Rock to have Thanksgiving dinner on Thanksgiving with more of our family. Uh, yeah, at the kind of where modern America started, I guess. Would you call it modern America? Uh, I would call it colonized. Colonized, <laughs> yes. Anyways. Uh so we're driving, we're making this drive. I have a 2019 Jeep Trackhawk that has like 707 horsepower. So it's pretty fun. We went through a kind of a snowstorm last night. And this morning I went out to the parking lot, did a bunch of donuts. And now we're on our way to, uh, to dinner. But we wanted to talk a little bit today about uh, art and what role inspiration and creativity play. Uh, I I always felt like or feel like as an artist I can force creativity uh, it's something where when I go out to my shop and I don't know what I'm going to do I just kind of come up with something and do it and it's creativity is to me is problem solving it's finding a new way to do something uh, or finding some, some totally new path inspiration is different it's more ethereal that's the right word right yeah. ethereal it's uh, kind of a spiritual thing that I, you can you can try to uh, what's the right word for it? find inspiration. You can try to experience things that will inspire you. Uh, you can yeah yeah yeah. There's different ways, but it's 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 more of a a soul soulful thing or a, a yeah like a spiritual thing and then once you have inspiration, you use the creativity to get it, to, to turn it into something, whether it's a sculpture or a song or a set piece like Darla, when she was the creative director for her church, uh, she, she would be, you know, you can tell. Right. So often I would, um, just because of how my mind works, I would often get this bright idea somehow inspired either by you know a story or by a topic that we were talking about and then I would come up with the ideas but then to actually implement them I would take them to a team more often than not and then together as a team we would be creative and we would figure out how to make this thing come to life so the creativity was in the problem solving okay how do we start from nothing and build this thing or make this video or um, whatever it might be so yeah yeah for me it was more of a personal thing it's always been more of a personal thing finding uh things to so like like more to darla's side for for teams creative teams uh, I know my friend Mark Trosel, who's the head of design for Dodge and SRT, he'll take his, the guys that work for him, he'll take them places to, you know, whether it's a museum or just out for lunch or watching a certain movie that might uh, tug at some part of the brain that wasn't active yet. Uh, and you get, you get those creative juices flowing uh, via inspiration. 
So I think I see what what frustrates me is when people look at a piece that's a copy of another piece and they say, wow, that's that's so creative. It's like, no, it's not. The person didn't come up with any solution. They just copied something they saw. And for me, art is personal. So like my friend Tom Fritz, who's an incredible artist, you might know him. He's been on Jay Lono's Garage. He, uh, he did the muscle car stamps for the U.S. Postal Service a few years ago. And when I first met him, he came in and uh, I, I was introduced to him as he was sort of the Michael Jordan of what we do, according to my friends, uh, Max Grundy and Ed Tilrock. So they introduced me to him and he came by to check out my work and he spent like 45 minutes just sort of picking it apart, uh, sort of telling me how he felt maybe the direction I should go, but he didn't want to explicitly tell him, tell me anything. And what was cool is, so halfway through, he asked me, he's like, you don't mind if, that I'm critiquing this, do you? And I said, no. Uh, he's like, if I, if I didn't like it, I would have just said, well, that's nice and turned around and walked away. But I really like what you have here. And there's something that can be uh, pursued here. And he was giving me these ideas, but he wouldn't explicitly tell me anything. And his reasoning was, if I tell you what's in my mind and I tell you how I think it should look uh, exactly, then it's mine. It's my ideal. Whereas if you know that there's this direction you need to go in, but you come up with the solution on your own, then it's your idea. It's your it's your piece. So when I, when I st- uh, started posting on Instagram and I would post pictures, whether it was of the, the hot rods or the motorcycles, everyone always asked about the wheels like nine times out of ten if I got a question about my work it was how did you do the wheels how did you do the tires and for me not going to art school not having been taught art having discovered it sort of on my own art has always been more personal so there's a part of me that doesn't want to give away what I did but the bigger part of me was you're not, if you really want to be an artist rather than just doing arts and crafts, you need to be. Uh, you have to have the. You're distracting me. I'm looking, looking at directions. directions. Alright, we can pause it. Because we take exit 11A in two and a half miles. Okay. Oh, so, anyways. So I had a, specifically a couple of people who got angry with me when I would not tell them how I did the wheels and tires. And part of it was, and it's not a cop-out, I literally do them different ways each time, depending on what material I have. So rather than asking someone, what did you make that out of, you use whatever you have to make it to your vision, to make it fit your vision. So when I went tell, I remember two two people. In two would, miles, use the right two lanes to take exit 11A for I-495 people, South toward Cape Cod. Two people specifically who flat out got mad at me and called me names because I wouldn't tell them how to do this. Jerk face. Jerk face. I am a total jerk. But a month later, when I went to look at their accounts, they had made their own wheels and tires for their own sculpture, and they had done it in a completely different way. It looked, you know, it looked similar, but it was unique to them, and they had come up with the with the solution to the problem. So they had a problem solved. Like when when I first got on, uh, I guess it was just online. It was way before Instagram. But when I was first welding, I wanted to learn how to do the weave the weave weld because I saw 
a photo that Jesse James posted on the Jalopy Journal. There was a weld, uh, like a weld porn thread on the Jalopy Journal. And he had done this weld that was, I'd never seen anything like it before. This Now it's commonplace, but then it was kind of wild to see this weaved weld. And I wanted to figure out how to do it. And I wanted to figure it out for myself because my pride wouldn't let me ask those questions. I wanted to figure it out. So I spent months experimenting with different ways, with different techniques, with the, the Secret Wave 350 that we had at work. And in the end, I didn't just find out how to do that. I found a dozen different ways to do it. So I was able to kind of expand my my tool bag or my mental toolbox filled with more tools because I decided I was going to figure out the problem for myself. Now, there are times where it's nice to use shared knowledge, uh, shared resources, but I think more, more so with technique, the nuts and bolts of something like, you know, the angle you have your TIG torch or the, you know, the amperage you use for a certain thickness or the pencil you use for a certain line, uh, line heaviness. Those are sort of technical things. When you get into how do you shape that metal to look like that in in the form of a of a sculpture, something like that, that's something that's more uh, comes from comes from personal problem solving. And I think artists are better served to find those solutions on their own. And now there's the other side of that is in music where bands do covers all the time. And that's kind of how they become proficient. You know, as a kid, if you pick up a guitar, you're going to learn how to play, you know, like Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, what was a Smashing Pumpkins song uh, that was big? Why can't I think of it? Everyone played Smashing Pumpkins or the Beatles or whatever it was. They would cover those tunes that everyone was familiar with. And they used that as kind of a jumping off point for their skills. So they would become proficient at a certain chord, chord, chord progression or picking method or whatever it might be. And eventually they use that as the base for their own creativity. But they, so they learn that technique by copying somebody. And then... I think that's not just for uh, musicians, though, because, I mean, I remember in art class in second grade yeah. learning about... Um, you know, impressionist art and like Surat the Dot and then we had to paint in his style. We had to try to mimic the styles. I'm sure you had to do that too, Jordan, yeah. right? So did you spend much time trying to like explore the different styles of the different artists? Is that direct to me? Yeah. <laughs> you, you in the back. <laughs> um, With oh, your hand not raised. Opening the windows. Um, yeah. Uh, all through school you focus on developing different styles learning different techniques but were they like the styles and techniques that were from masters of the craft or yeah, were they well, just in a textbook like this is how you do this uh, a mix of both um, did you ever have to do like a replica of yeah, yeah. Uh, you in replicating a master's work you're dissecting what they did and it's like a cover of, song yeah it's sort of like looking through their process so that you can not master that but develop 
a sense of what they did to get to that point yes. so that you can then later take that knowledge and apply it to what you are doing. Yes. So it's not, you, you spend time developing those skills and that knowledge to be able to do those techniques and so then you can deconstruct it and yeah, then reconstruct so you, it. Yeah, it's about dissecting it and learning learning it for yourself in a hands-on way and then applying it to what you're doing. Yes. I know, like, uh, Matisse, people would kind of tear him down and say, well, your painting is so simplistic or it's just this line or it's just what." But he learned how to do things in the classical mm-hmm. sense yeah. and then broke it down and did took the thing that was important to him and created a, a huge picture, which is the most, the simplest, uh, the simplest lines. You look at somebody like Picasso, they learned in a very traditional way. They mastered realism yes. at a young age and got bored of what they were doing. So then they flipped, yeah. it, flipped the script and started doing things a different way that was new exactly. um, and more like that. Like you, I, there's people in school, I, I went to art school and... The Where people, you, you went to CCS. I, I went to College for Creative Studies in Detroit, and there was the, the people who uh, just like threw paint on the canvas and were like, "Oh, this is this is amazing, whatever." Right. There, there's a lot of those people who I feel like didn't have proficient technical skills. They just saw that this was the way to be an artist. Oh, I'm going to do this. This is my thing. I'm, I'm unique. I'm cool. But I, the people who put time into developing tradition like their, their the traditional techniques they could like render something perfectly they could do it in all these different styles and then later on went to do more uh what's the word i'm like more abstract things original original stuff that was not like they didn't necessarily know what they're doing but they had this base of techniques to go off of and i feel like i feel like that's more creative than somebody who's just throwing paint on the canvas because Absolutely. they they can't it, that's not creativity that's just replicating yeah. that's just repetition creativity by definition is is making something new is being original and that's what you were saying was something that I was frustrated with early on in what I was doing because in the metal art world it had always been sort of just scrap metal and nuts and bolts and as I grew, I tried to create more of a fine art. And throughout the years, people would message me asking me if they could copy my work. And I would always say, you know, go ahead and do it, but put your own twist on it. And a lot of times I get frustrated, and I, I still do, honestly, when people flat out copy my work. But it's really cool to go back a year later and see that person has, they didn't stop there. Like, if you stop there, all you're doing is arts and crafts. All you're doing is, like, uh, you know, it's a hobby or whatever. But when you take that and you build your own, like, Max, Max, Max Grundy, my good friend who's an artist in California, he told me early on, he said, you know, people might copy you, but everyone's going to know that they're speaking your language. If you create an art strong enough, it's yours. It's your language. And everyone that comes after that is speaking your language. So I think like what you were saying is you learn sort of the native tongue first. You knew, you learn the, the basics and then you kind of, you can either create your own language or create your own dialect almost just based off of that language. Yeah, there, there's a difference between copying something and drawing inspiration from yes. something. And you can't draw inspiration from something unless you know you what you're drawing inspiration from. Right. Yeah. 
I, uh, it, it, it is interesting. I have people who come up and will say, wow, that's a great imagination. And they say this like, I'm supposed to be accepting this amazing compliment when the reality is I don't know where it comes from. Like that's not something I've, that's not something that I can take credit for. It's just sort of there. I think you can sort of cultivate imagination just like you can cultivate inspiration. So if you go to, like when I, I specifically remember going to the 9-11 memorial and there was this heaviness surrounding it and it was, it wasn't inspiration in an uplifting way but it wasn't necessarily negative inspiration. It was just this awe of this scene where something incredible had happened, something incredibly horrible had happened and they turned that area into a sculpture it was a memorial in the best sense of the term because they so like with the twin towers they makes basically made an inverted sculpture so where the towers stood it's a reverse waterfall uh kind of a double waterfall and in new york city it's crazy crazy loud crazy but it's busy but when you walk up to that memorial which is in the middle of new york city and stand there, all you hear is the water. You don't hear anything else. It, they're not like, it's not uh, like uh, capitalizing or uh, patronizing or... But I think what it exemplifies is the depth of loss. Yes. yes. Yeah. What's another uh, but, inspiration? I mean, but still talking about that, when you walk through a place like that, just like when we walked through the National Memorial for Peace and Justice, I don't go, wow, this is so creative. I literally think, oh my gosh, this is so inspired by a really deep, dark past. Yeah. A really yeah. deep, dark um, thing that, ex that so many people experience. This is inspired yeah. um, by that. I don't think, wow, this is so creative. Even though I know yeah. that there was an entire creative team and there were, you know, tons of skilled artisans that contributed and designers and architects to that memorial. Um, I think that's, that's how I feel. I think that comes back to great artists, great art inspires. It just does. Right. And great art inspires artists. And that's how I, I felt inspired. Yeah. And even when it's in a different so, like, the 9-11 the Memorial and the, the justice, Peace and Justice Memorial are both stark reminders of things that were, were, were horrible. One was we inflicted on ourselves. Well, I guess as a human race, both were us inflicting things on ourselves. And it inspires a change of thought, a change of of you know, existence like how you go about life it inspires uh, that those memorials inspire you to go as far away from what caused them as possible right that makes sense right and so like i know the to live your life a different way right the memorial um uh, national memorial for peace and justice uh the artist's wanted to get a note across that was very somber and sad and really like kind of turned your yeah. your stomach it wasn't like a, oh wow I feel so inspired um it was no you feel yeah there was very little explanation deeply. like they told you it was about but it was more like you felt what it was about yeah and that's another staple of great art is if you have to over explain it then it probably sucks right it's and also I mean it was it was controversial like so this artist you know these 
the people who put this together from the Equal Justice Initiative, they um, were willing to kind of put themselves on the line. They were willing to suffer for it too, which is also inspiring because there are a lot of people in Alabama who would rather just put it all in the past and, you know, let's try to move forward. But sometimes the only way you can move forward is to look back and remember and say, God, let's not make these mistakes again. Um, and so these artists kind of put themselves out there and said, hey, um, in some way, yeah, we're talking about the past. We're not trying to dig it up, but we're trying to bring some fresh perspective to it. And so it doesn't happen again. Exactly. So that it doesn't happen again. And I think a lot of times there's a lot of creatives and um, artists out there who are almost like afraid to put themselves on the line. But gosh, I good just, art is honest. Yeah, I feel like to all of like the people who sort of feel out of place in the world. Thank God, because your unique perspective matters so much, and it means something when you share it. So how many times have you seen a piece of art, or you've gone to a memorial that has an extreme amount of uh, artisanship and, um, you know, thought, creativity, all of the above that goes into it, and... Can't wait to get home to... Yeah, you can tell there was, like, wit, and there's, like, right. maybe somebody had, like, a, you know, there. it seems a little weird, or it seems a little quirky, but it's sort of caused you to tilt your head and say, wow, I never thought of it that way before. And I mean, all of that is worth it. Yeah. And that inspiration can show itself in the way you live your daily life or the yeah. next piece of art you create. I know when we go, whenever I listen to live music, I, I want to go home and play the guitar or I want to go home and write, or I want to go out and make a sculpture. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be even in the same media and those certain things transcend uh, transcend process it's exactly exactly yeah. so like when I think about like process is the mess that we make in order to make something clear yeah. to others maybe so or give that opportunity well, the process is the conduit yeah. yeah and like with with art and writing and musicianship a lot of the things are it's it's funny how many things are familiar like good writing is is simple it's honest. using it's honest yeah that, that's a big part of it but it's also just like with with a sculpture when somebody tells me wow that sculpture is so detailed they're wrong it's not yeah. detailed it's the illusion of detail you want to make well, a piece where somebody fills in the blanks you yeah. want it to not feel overworked or yeah well, and you want people to be able to fill in the blanks on their own, and then they see something different. How many times... I used to hate that when I was a kid, when I would listen to an artist, and some of you would ask them what their what the song meant, and they'd be like, oh, that's whatever you want it to mean. I thought that was the dumbest cop-out. Yeah, but, but it's like not. It's not, because everybody... It, it, the best art uh, is different to everybody that looks at it. You bring your own experiences to what you're nobody sees the world in the same way everyone yeah. experiences and being being objective and standing in somebody else's shoes is a, is a difficult thing to do sometimes but we all like do we, we all, all see the color the... green in the same way no. do we all hear a certain note in the same way it's uh to me like exactly what you're saying though as i grew up i realized that no music music can mean different things to different people and for me for my art I the, the challenge is to pick out the little things that make the piece what it is, but not to go above and beyond that. Like, I'm not a huge fan of art where 
somebody it's photorealistic like completely photorealistic because to me that's not there's no inspiration there there might be that there's skill there's a lot of yeah. skill there's a lot of technique yeah but well, it's I mean, if, not if original old, uh, like portraits and old paintings that are super highly realistic that became like moot when uh, photography came into existence yes. because it was no longer needed to portray exactly what's there right so then photo like you, photo there, there's no lo- photorealism's no longer needed when no. you can't take a photograph of something and capture it exactly how it's seen and it's still cool that it's still like wow that's really skillful cool. but yeah yeah and i understand why i didn't understand it at first uh my friend ed tilrock does incredible pencil renderings and people say they're photorealistic but they're not it's they're not. people yeah. that don't understand what what the term means he he like a camera will always capture something that you don't want it to capture and it'll always yeah. miss something that you do want it to capture and with ed's ed's drawings he gets both he keeps out the stuff that you don't want and puts everything in that you need and i think that fools people sometimes into thinking it's photorealistic but it's completely it's a complete artistic like he just sees the world differently he has a sixth sense to create something like a lot of artists i can understand how they do something with him he just sees the world in a different way and i think the best artists are like that they just see things like when i bend a piece of metal i can kind of in my mind's eye see where i have to hit the piece of metal to do a certain thing without having a map for it without having an instruction book for it i just see it yeah there's a difference between rendering something exactly how you see it or how how it's seen not how you see it and then putting something that in that case it can't is technically photorealistic but with things that aren't there what am i trying to say um <laughs> uh, well, rendering hard. something from your vision versus what you're seeing, yes. like in front of you. I've like always, I've always said with, with with welding, I'd rather have good vision than good eyesight. Yeah, like I don't, I I, I have terrible eyesight. There, but there's a difference between seeing something and like seeing something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that we have these eyes that are incredible, and we can pick up all these things. But when you Supplement your vision with your imagination and with your uh, with your soul. When you can take all that and put it into something, then that's art. That's that's something that it's sim- it, uh, it's a symbol of something. It's symbolic of something. Well, because you're putting yourself into it, you're yeah. making it more personal. Yeah, like I always love the artists who like mix a little blood in the paint. And it's like they're. <laughs> It's kind of a, a turpentine. It's, a, it's <laughs> yeah. a metaphor for you know I'm in my art, and I think it's kind of it's kind of you know cheesy, but it's kind of cool too. Like it's sort of symbolic, and I don't think there's a. I don't agree with somebody who says there's no wrong way to do art because I think there there absolutely is, and there are things that people call art that I think is just junk that somebody threw down. Like you were saying earlier, it's about. Uh, it's about intent. Yes, it's about intent. It's about like do something you understand can, what you something just can did? be a pile of crap, but it could be art based on the context and the intent of it. Like if it's speaking to something larger than, like, yeah. What it, well, I, I feel like a the Heidelberg project is a good example of that. Where to somebody it could look yeah. like uh, nineteen miles to eighteen. Okay. Something like the Heidelberg Sam project. Sam four ninety five south. 
can yeah. look like a, a, a yeah. It look like trash. It can look like trash to somebody who doesn't know what it's trying to show or what it's trying to speak to. What but, the message is, yeah. But if you know what the message is, or if you have an understanding of what it is, it gives more. Yeah. Then it moves you. It. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And sometimes you need context, like yeah. some art yeah. you can look at just out of its element and you know it's incredible other pieces you kind of need to have context for what was happening what what time period it was what kind of so, uh, social political things were happening at the time that is very important yeah and that's where art history comes in handy uh yeah so like metal in and i know that happens in every art form but in metal art a lot of people will just take a bunch of angle iron or a bunch of tubing and just put it together and it's like oh there's that and they say it's art the problem is they don't have any anything to draw from all they're doing is putting shit putting, together. putting shit together exactly there's no and that and you can tell when somebody has that background to draw from because there's just something a little bit extra in what they do when um, I would be working with my creative team and we'd be like building a large set or um, putting something together backstage we had an ongoing joke like if somebody spilled paint or like dropped something or something broke we would just point at it and go art <laughs> well, remember when we it's lived in Mount Clemens yes. <laughs> remember when we this memory came up in my Facebook the other day there was that art gallery in Mount Clemens and they asked me to be part of an exhibit and yeah. so I had one of my sculptures in there and the piece next to my sculpture was just a pile of gum that somebody put a bunch of gum together and then said it was art. <laughs> I, like, no, I don't I really care what the context was. It was just a pile of gum. I don't... It really speaks to a long contemplative process where this person mentally chewed and mulled over... <laughs> chewed each piece six times, then seven times, then placed made some circles and some no it was just like a pile of gum it's like that photo um, of the art gallery and someone had dropped their glove on the ground and yes. people were like standing around and looking at it yes but then but then when I forgot who did it but like so whoever signed a toilet and put it in the gallery I feel like that's yes. different because that's speaking to <laughs> this year like how people take something too seriously or it's but breaking people, the norms of what people consider a, art like then when that gets copied it's like no yeah. you do it once and it's original and then it happens again, and you're like, eh, I don't think so. Yeah, there's a photographer who uh, takes screenshots of people's Instagrams and then prints them extremely yes. large and puts them in galleries. And so that always brings up the like idea of, or the conversation of like, what is art and what isn't art. That's why I hate Shepard Fairey. I think that he's a fraud, and he he steals ideas more than he has original ideas, in my opinion. I think. Uh, and to the untrained eye, somebody can look at something he did and something like Banksy did and be like, well, it's pretty much the same thing. And it's it's not. It's one guy. Well, for literally, Shepard Ferry has been in multiple lawsuits for copying other people's work and putting them in his posters. Like, you can go. There's a, a website if you Google Shepard Ferry thief or stealing or whatever. And it's like his posters and then you show another person's posters and it's basically a knockoff and then he sued Walmart I think it was 
for using one of his designs and then somebody else came out and was like he stole that from me so it's this total disconnect like i don't know if he just lives in this bubble where he doesn't and I, I feel like there's also a difference like when you're sourcing your inspiration or if you call out yes. specifically what's influencing you versus passing off something as your own because there's there's yeah. nothing original there's absolutely nothing, not, nothing, nothing new under the sun is new, Solomon, but as long say. as you're calling out what inspired you and then and that's the thing that I get frustrated with like it was really cool at Fabtech a few weeks ago when I had three or four guys come up to me and be like man I do what I do because I saw what you did you know, it inspired me to do what I do and that's a really good feeling to hear that. But when somebody just copies what you do, or they even if they come up with their own thing, but they don't give homage or you know credit to where yeah. it started, then it is kind of frustrating. I don't think that there's any rule that says that they have to say, "Hey, man, I got this from you." But just make clear where your inspiration came from. Yeah. Um. So I work in advertising. I'm an art director, and one of my uh, co-workers who has been in the industry a lot longer than I have been uh, was telling me a story a couple weeks ago about a, a place he used to work at um, a, 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 a large part of what I do is like developing um, concepts for commercials and advertising and so you develop all these ideas and then you go through and pitch them and then whatever like a lot of stuff's killed but from there it gets moved on and if it's selected it's produced and he uh, was new at this agency, and one of a uh, creative director there was like, "Oh, if you, if you have any ideas you want to run through me, uh, yeah, feel free to come into my office, and like, I'll I'll tell you if it's crap, or I'll tell you if you should keep going with it." And so he went. Him and his creative partner went and ran through some ideas. I forget what it was for, but at the first uh, creative meeting. That, that that guy went and spoke for and said, oh, I, I had this idea that I, I've been mulling over, and it's exactly what Yeah, I knew exactly where that done. story was going and when he started it. I've had that. And I, I feel like there's also, like, that, like, a power imbalance, too, when you have somebody who's, like, new in the industry, and then you have somebody who's been there for, like, 20 years who is using these young people's ideas and passing them off as their own. Um, but he, he called them out. That's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, Right after he shared his idea, he was like, oh, I actually had something uh, very similar to that. And then they went through. And I guess after that meeting, um, somebody else came over. He's like, oh, yeah, like, I, I, that guy, that's not the first time that he's done that. So, like, it's, it's easy to, it's easy to get by on other people's creativity and ideas rather than. Well, and you see that in your field a lot because a company, uh, like a large company will get called out for reproducing somebody's work, but what it was was an individual in that company that yep. saw something and they're like, yep. hey, nobody else knows where this came um, from. I an example of job. that, uh, the uh, Star Wars Solo, was it? The, the Han Solo movie, yeah. I forget what yeah. it was, Han Solo. Um, the posters for that were... Uh, were a complete ripoff of, I forget what it was. Um, can you look it up? It's like some uh, jazz CD collection. <laughs> the covers are almost identical, like the color palettes, the style, everything. Really? Tom, like, Tom so they, they they got called out for it, and then they they like had to scrap all those posters. And wow, that when funny. I was hanging out with Tom Fritz, who I was talking about earlier, he was telling me about a time when he called out an artist for stealing his work because he said he usually doesn't do it and it doesn't bother with it but this one artist was 
pretty well known, and he explained to me negative space and like literally uh, direct copy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm and, sorry. Uh, like there were certain like superficial things that were different, so most people wouldn't be able to text that to me. That's oh yeah, that's funny. That poster. So certain wow. like most people wouldn't know they could even look at both pieces and not know one was stolen from the other but when you start looking at negative space and like the actual main lines the person just sort of copied it and then put their own little frills well, there, on there's it. different levels of plagiarism like you can yes. take something like the the core idea of something and put a different uh coat on it but it's still that same base thing yes just, it just it can look different but still be like an almost an exact replica just with a different color scheme the different design aesthetic but and there's the other of that where sometimes something looks really similar until you look deeper and you're like wow that person just did something but then there, there's creative. that line of inspiration versus plagiarism yes. where something a, can be in, like the it can be a hard line to walk yeah oh check out that van also needed a free candy sign on it. Seriously. So yeah, I uh, that was a pretty good discussion on a lot of different things. I think. Yeah, but we're just gonna tell everybody this is the special road, road trip, trip special edition podcast. Yeah. So from our track hawk somewhere in Massachusetts, we are signing off. We are signing off. Thanks for being along for part of our ride. Happy Thanksgiving. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>